Hello everyone and thank you for joining me today on the Ask Shiloa podcast where we have answers to life's important questions about health, happiness, and hope. So let's just jump right in today. I'm going to answer a question that was submitted by one of our listeners here at our tribe at ShiloaJordan.com and her name is Maria and she asks, Hello, my name is Maria. I'm 220 pounds and I don't know how to stop eating bread and candies. Now, I know for a lot of us, women especially, we do struggle with this. We struggle with the sugar cravings, with the starch cravings, um, breads and pastas and things like that. And I know it's a real issue. It's a real aspect of our everyday life that a lot of times just goes um, unspoken or even we we joke about it. Um, but the thing is, is, is a sugar addiction or even these sugar cravings really can start affecting our lives in a negative way if they get out of control and if you feel like your sugar, sugar cravings are starting to control your life. Okay, so there are three aspects here that I'm going to be addressing in this podcast today. So get your little um, notepads out or your phone where you take your notes because you're going to want to know and jot down these, these aspects of how to actually be able to stop sugar cravings right in their tracks and actually get to the root of the problem, like get to the, the very basic female need as to why we need this sugar all the time. Okay, so now speaking from this perspective, please understand that there's never a quick fix. There is never a one-size-fits-all band-aid for anything. Now, with that said, I want to say that um, each of us have a different body type, our chemistry, and I've noticed in my family, in my household, you know, I have, I have five kids and my girls tend to be my sugar eaters. I mean, I'm talking like if there is sugar in the house, they will go eat it. <laughs> and my husband likes to make homemade kombucha and the homemade ginger ale, which is insanely good. And I'll, I'll share those recipes with you at, at a, at a, some point in the future. Um, but when we actually buy the refined sugar, which we never use in anything except for the ginger ale and the kombucha, um, he'll actually have like, he'll buy like a, a pound of sugar, this white sugar, and he's tried the brown sugar, the organic brown sugar, and I guess it just doesn't have the same effect like the kombucha, the little um, kombucha uh, scoby I guess likes white sugar, so it'll eat that better, and it just that's his recipe, and he just kind of sticks with that. My girls will just go find that and eat it, whereas my boys, they just don't touch it. They're just not sugar cravers. I have three boys, and they just are not the types to just want to eat sugar, but I can't explain um, why my girls want the sugar and my boys don't. First of all, let's understand that just the fact, the mere fact that women have more estrogen, estrogen actually produces and actually um, causes us to have uh, more yeast in our bodies. 
okay? So that's the first aspect I'm going to go into here is with with the elevated uh, yeast and candida levels in in female bodies, our candida oftentimes is is the one doing the speaking for that. So let's just picture this. So you've got this, um, you've got all this candida in your body and candida, actually everybody has some level of yeast, some level of candida. And, um, if you've ever had like fungus on your toenails or even a yeast infection, uh, vaginally, or if your, your butt itches, I know that's kind of gross, but seriously, if your butt itches, it's because you have an overgrowth of yeast if you have like skin issues, some psoriasis on your um, on your hands, your scalp, things like that, that's an indicator that you have a yeast overgrowth. But also, it's an indicator that you have a yeast overgrowth if you crave sugar all the time. Just it, it, it basically it's it's your yeast speaking. So if you don't feed your yeast, your yeast is going to be raising their hand and just having a tantrum and screaming out and saying, "Feed me, give me some sugar," because that's the stuff that feeds, that keeps your yeast alive is the sugar. Okay, so that's that's point one. So if you want to really get to the root of these sugar cravings, you really need to address the yeast. Now, there's several ways you can do this. To me, I think the most effective way is to go on a, a star, like a yeast starvation diet. Not you. You're not starving, but the yeast is starving. So, um, and I can't, I'm not going to go into it in this podcast because it's pretty lengthy in the protocol, but I do go into this in depth on the baby, my body course, which by the way, is opening for registration very soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll be sending out emails. Um, if you're listening to this podcast months from now, it, registration may have, may be closed, but right now it is opening up again. Um, we're looking at late summer, early fall 2018 when we are opening the doors for the Baby My Body program where I do go into the whole aspect of starving off the yeast and just being able to get that, um, get those colonies shrunk down in your bodies. And and we go into to, um, detail about what kind of supplements you can use to actually go in and on a very deep um, yeast cleansing protocol. But it is it is intensive. Um, I know that some of us need that though. Actually, in fact, I would I would venture a guess that most women need to start right there. Like we need to just get in there and just starve off the yeast and get rid of the yeast before we can really start to, to tackle a lot of our weight issues, a lot of our brain fog, a lot of our energy issues, even depression, like yeast can go in and if you have a massive yeast overgrowth, it really can affect your mood in a, in a pretty big way. Um, I know I, I had a friend, she and I took a class together and she is a licensed psychologist, um, marriage and family therapist, and she had such a bad yeast overgrowth that it was coming out her nose, it was in every orifice of her body. Her doctor pretty much said, you have such a bad overgrowth. We have been throwing these anti-yeast drugs at you for for like a year and a half. And we still haven't been able to get this under control. And they pretty much kind of wrote her off and said, there's not much more we can do for you. And they just sent her home to deal with it. And so, um, you know, she, she did get on my protocol for the baby, my body 
the yeast portion of it, which Baby My Body does include all of that. Um, and so she was able to completely reduce all of that yeast, her symptoms completely reversed, and she quit itching, her skin became normal, her mood completely changed. It was it was really quite a life-changing experience for her. And and I'm just really glad that, that she was able to, to, to tackle that in that way, which is healthy and and it um, she she could get off of the drugs that were being prescribed to her, which were not even very effective. So, all right, so that's part one. That is why um, you are craving the yeast and the breads and the candies. And part two of this, I mean, step two on how to stop eating breads and candies would be we have to look at your energy source. So if your body is used to turning to sugar as an energy source, then that's kind of the way that she's operating, okay? It's kind of like needing to change out your fuel. You're going from like a gasoline-powered car over to like a one of those uh, hybrids that, you know, clicks over from being on battery-operated to gas. So in your body, if you've trained your body through years and years of always giving it sugar for fuel and kind of an FYI sugar doesn't necessarily mean like table sugar sugar is anything that converts to sugar in your body so that includes your potatoes your um your pastas your breads anything that actually will elevate your blood sugar in your body which actually is really not good for you in the long term. It can it can actually put you at risk for type 2 diabetes. So if your body is just used to needing the sugar to have the energy, then what we need to do is convert you over to being more of a fat burner or even a protein burner for the fuel that you need. And when I say that, I mean, that's why the keto diet has become so popular is because, and it does take time. You can't just stop a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean on a dime. It doesn't work that way. It does take time. But there is a way to go in and actually change that in your body to to turn yourself from being a sugar burner over to a fat burner. And so you'll be using fat for fuel versus your afternoon kick of sugar where you start to get sluggish and then you're like, okay, I, I'm turning to my my frappuccino that's loaded with sugar or my candy bars or my whatever your, your sugar of choice is. Even if it's potato chips, potato chips do convert to sugar in your body. So that's, um, you know, that's one, ask, one thing you can do along with the starving the yeast you can go ahead and, and start to, to make that switch over to being a fat burner. And there's a lot of stuff online. If you haven't tried keto, and, and honestly, I'm not, this is not a podcast on keto. So I'm not even going to to go into that here. But just please be aware that keto is not for everyone. I have personally tried that. And because my thyroid is not completely up to snuff where it needs to be, and most women actually do have a low thyroid, or actually not most women, a portion of women, a percentage of women do have issues with their thyroid. You really need to be careful before you go and go on the keto diet because when I tried keto, it really just, my thyroid, my poor little thyroid was throbbing after 
about two weeks into four weeks. I'm like, no, it's just the keto flu that they talk about. But it really wasn't just the keto flu. My thyroid thyroid really was suffering. So I had to get off of that and bring some more um, healthy, slow-burning carbohydrates back into my diet. The stuff like the quinoa and the legumes that in, in real keto you just can't have. So that being said, that's part two of how to stop the sugar cravings, okay? So to recap, you want to starve off the yeast. And the second thing is you want to switch your fuel, fuel source, and train your body and train your body from being a sugar burner over to a fat burner. And the last part I want to address on um, for Maria, Maria, please, I hope you're listening. Um, the last part I want to address is the emotional aspect of what sugar does for us. So let me explain this. We all have things in our life that, that equal pain. It could be emotional pain from the past. It could be present day pain. It could be stress. Stress equals pain, right? Now, I, I really don't believe there's any magic bullet to completely erase erase that kind of stress in your life because I think life is growth. Life is, if we're not stressing our muscles, we're not really growing them. We're not sustaining that. So life is about growth, but life doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. And it's all about perspective. And that that really just gets into mindset. But what I want to say is that on a physiological level, okay, let's just, let me just tell you a story about my friend, Linda, and her husband, they were happily married for 25 years. Their, their youngest child just moved out of the house. And Linda's husband travels a lot. I mean, he he's, has a successful career that keeps him on the road. And Linda finds herself at home at night, quite frequently alone. And what happens is in the evenings, our serotonin levels, which are our feel-good hormones, those start to drop off in the evenings. And then what happens is our melatonin starts to pick up because our bodies are getting ready to go to bed, right? So serotonin drops off, melatonin picks up. And once your feel-good hormones drop off, you start looking for that right before bedtime snack, right? That's when Linda finds herself at home and she reaches for the remote control and her tub of Haagen-Dazs and she, because she feels sad, like something, all of a sudden she was doing fine and then the evening rolls around and she finds herself alone at home, which is a real, it is a real feeling. I mean, I'm not just saying that being lonely is just a drop in your serotonin levels. That certainly is not the case because there's there's some real truth to finding yourself alone at night every night when you're you're wanting companionship. But but it doesn't help, okay? It doesn't help when your serotonin levels do drop off and you your body's scrambling to to feel better. Okay, so that is, it truly is the case where you will go reach for some sugary objects, some sugary objects. It sounds like you're eating the remote control, right? No. (laughs) So you'll go reach for the sugary food 
Um, and then, and then all of a sudden you start feeling a little better, right? It takes the edge off of that. But what I really want to say is, first of all, first and foremost, don't beat yourself up for this, over this because it happens to all of us. Okay. And some of us are just better at saying no. And some of us just haven't really processed that pain. And, and it is, it's such an emotional wound that it just does feel better to eat to eat the the sugar right before bed if we if we haven't processed those emotional wounds okay but also understand them that you know what <laughs> the world like media and marketing they know this about us that is why they have infomercials at night at like 10 o'clock at night you know because they know they can really get people to buy stuff. Even if it's a husband-wife couple sitting on the couch, you know, it's easy to buy stuff because when you buy stuff, that also increases your endorphins. That, that elevates the feel-good hormones. So you're feeling a little better because... But, but, but just sit with yourself with that, okay? I want you to really just sit with this information and next time, like tonight when you go to bed, just... Just see what happens. Just kind of make a note of what is going on with your body. So as you're just kind of milling around, you're doing your nighttime thing, whether the kids are are at home or if they've moved out, just kind of sit with that feeling and just take note and be really present with that feeling that happens. And, And I've noticed this since I learned this information. I am able to absolutely pinpoint when my serotonin levels start dropping off. I can pinpoint it and it's within like a half an hour uh, time period and it usually happens sometime around eight o'clock for me. I mean, everybody's different, but around eight o'clock, I'm just like, I wanna go into the kitchen and start gobbling things down. But I don't like to eat after six o'clock because I realize that nothing is going on after six o'clock in my energy or my digestion. I just really don't need to put fuel in my body after 6 p.m. And so when I wanna go eat, eat the whole kitchen at eight o'clock, I'm like, no, 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 honey, this is just your serotonin levels dropping off, your body's making way for bedtime. Your body is functioning exactly the way God built your body, okay, the way it's supposed to do it. And so I have to just sit and be present and I'll stand there in front of the pantry and I'll just kinda just let the feeling wash over me and just be like, you know what? I think I'll get a big glass of water, you know, and, and just kind of walk away. I just walk away and I'm like, okay, I got to go do something else. It makes me feel good because I noticed also that any unfinished business, any things that are troubling me, like if, if I feel worried about my kids or because I have adult children too and I, I find that I worry about them as much as I do with my babies at home. And, um, so I just, I have to just kind of sit with those motions and just, and just speak it, speak it and call it out for what it is. I'll just be like, this feels lonely. And I'll just say it. I'll say it to the cosmos. I'll say it to anybody standing next to me in the kitchen. I'll just be like, all of a sudden I just feel lonely or all of a sudden I just feel worried or all of a sudden I feel anxious and I'll, and I'll, and I'll speak that and then I'll try to pinpoint what exactly it is I'm worried or anxious or lonely about. You know, like, for instance, my sister just moved to North Dakota. Her husband works on the oil fields. And I started grieving her loss a month before she even moved. And so 
I would just stand there about eight o'clock every night and just be like, oh, that's what it is. I'm grieving the loss of my sister, the loss of her close proximity, the loss of her children being friends with my children. And, and it just, I just would have to sit with that. And I just let, I felt my feelings. So instead of going and just trying to smother those feelings with food, I actually just stood and felt the feelings. And I think that really speaks to many women out there and even women listening to this podcast that how powerful that is to stop and feel your feelings, especially when you think sugar is going to be the band-aid. Because really, in the end, you don't really want to do that. You really don't want the sugar. I mean, (laughs) the best thing I can say is just remind yourself, number one, it's the yeast speaking. It's your candida speaking. It's not really you. It's your candida. Number two, it could be your your pain. And and the best way to deal with that, like I say, is just, just kind of speak that pain into the cosmos to anybody who wants to listen that you feel safe with. And... And then number three, just remind yourself that, hey, while I'm coming off of this sugar this sugar high, my body's going to want more as, for fuel. So maybe you can turn to something that's healthier, a healthier choice. Now, um, we've talked about a lot today. We've covered a lot. And I want to say that if you are struggling with facing your feelings, if you have some unfinished house cleaning to do emotionally or let's say that you don't even call it unfinished house cleaning because you never wanted to address that in the first place but you know that you can't run from this anymore this pain or the trauma from the past and you want to move forward in your life and just and move on because there's this book called feelings buried alive never die by carol tuttle or carol Oh, what's her last name? It's Carol something. Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Great book. And and Louise Hay writes a book as well from Hay House. And the book is called You Can Heal Your Life. They address those aspects about how your emotional pain can actually be affecting your physical body. Now, ladies, if you're struggling in this area, if, if there's some unfinished business, if there's stuff you know is buried that you're not even looking at, then I really want to introduce this and, and, and open this option to you to please apply for the Baby My Body program. It's the deluxe coaching program. Like I say, it is, it's opening up. We're opening registration soon. So stay tuned for that. If you want to get on the waiting list and you're specifically interested in cleaning out the emotional wounds to really just healing your heart, healing your brain, and healing your body, then do go up, go to my website. Actually, I, there's two websites. You can go to my um, main website. It's shilohajordan.com, and I'll spell Shiloa, S-H-I-L-O-A-H, shilohajordan.com. Or if you want to sign up for the registration for the Baby My Body course, it's babymybody.co. That's C-O because all the dot-coms were taken. Just kidding. All right, so that's what I want to leave you with today. I hope this information has been helpful. I hope that you can really go inward and, and really just kind of get on that journey to stopping the sugar, sugar um, indulgences. And, and that's the thing, ladies, is 
on an emotional level, sometimes we feel like we need sugar because there's just not enough sweetness in our life. So if you feel like that, then that's also something that may need to be addressed on the emotional level of all of this, okay? So just understand there is a light at the end of this tunnel and if you just can implement those three things that I talked about today on how to stop the sugar cravings, then you're going to be so far ahead of the game, like more than most people, because I think that is the biggest thing in the American diet that we struggle with is the sugar. And if we could just pull that out, then I think that would, that would be golden. So that's all I have for you today. I love you guys. And I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. If you want more awesome tips and if you want to be part of our tribe and sign up for our weekly, um, I don't know, what would I call it? I don't want to call it a newsletter. I, I don't want to call it a gossip column. But if you want to see insights to, into my soul and insights into the, the tribe and the lifeblood of this amazing sisterhood that we have going on, then go to ShilohaJordan.com and sign up. There's different places you can sign up on the website and I will send you cool stuff that I will not publish on my website but you will get it in email so it's kind of like an an insider's exclusive so follow me there and in the meantime have a great week toodaloo